Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Medelsky here once again at St. James Coffee, the one and only St. James Coffee in Rock and Roll, Rochester, Minnesota. Pleased to be with you this morning. Melissa Scaccio sitting to my left. Yes, good morning, Nick. Joining me this morning as a co-host, and we have a wonderful show ahead. Uh, we'll be going uh, the the two bookends of the network because our first hour will be uh, guests from Western South Dakota and then uh, the uh, the second hour will be guests from here in the diocese of Winona, Rochester. So it'll be will be a nice bookended uh, show this morning. It's a big viewing area, or not viewing, listening, I guess. I mean, you can look at your radio, I guess. I guess, yeah, you can yeah. just watch your app as it plays it, but <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be very exciting. True, true. Um, but uh, before we get going, we should start uh, start the show as we start all things with prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father who Lord art in heaven. heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. St. Paschal Balon. Pray for us. It's his feast day today, St. Paschal Balon. Uh, he was a... Uh, I was going to say, I have no idea who that is. That's why I looked at you and I'm like, is well, I, am I supposed to respond is, to that? I don't know who it is. Is that a real guy? Is that a real name? Yeah. Paschal. Was, uh, you know, Paschal feasts, Paschal, other things. I didn't know it yeah. was a guy. I didn't know it was a guy. So he was a, a Franciscan friar. He was a lay brother, so he wasn't a, a deacon or a priest or anything like that. Uh, kind of around the time of the Reformation and uh, really devoted himself wholly and entirely to prayer, especially oh, wow. in front of the Blessed Sacrament. So he's the patron saint of Eucharistic Congresses, and we've been talking about the Eucharistic Revival here in the U.S., so That's right. kind of a fitting saint to uh, to read more about and develop a devotion to during this this time of Eucharistic Revival here in the United States. So I thought I'd mention him, not just because he's a Franciscan, but, you know, th- that did kind of play into it, too. Just a little bit. Just a little, but uh, anyway. Uh, so our first guest is Camille Pauly uh, from Healing the Culture. And she'll be leading a women's retreat in Sturgis, and we'll talk about that retreat as well as a lot of the great work that Healing the Culture does, because that uh, might not be familiar with everyone who listens. So uh, we'll talk some about that, too. So good morning, Camille. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thanks for having me, friends. Absolutely. Uh, So could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, I am the president of Healing the Culture, it's a pro-life organization that I founded with Father Robert Spitzer back mm. in 2003. And uh, we ran it out of Seattle for about 30 years. And then uh, with the big grand shutdown and reset and all that craziness, we came out to um, this area of the country, looked around quite a bit, tried to find the best spot to relocate, and Rapid City was number one on our list. So, <laughs> Oh, wow. So, yeah, so we've been here. Um, for about a year now, we're building a new pro-life film studio, kind of first of its kind in wow. the country, and resettling our headquarters. So what was it about Rapid City that was uh, was attractive as opposed to 
say, oh Rochester or, or anywhere else in the, in the upper Midwest? <laughs> well, we, I have to say we love the people. We love the activities for our children. Um, but I really love the Black Hills. The land awesome. just swept yeah. us away. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful out there. Mm, it is. Um, can you tell us a little bit about healing the culture? I had never heard of it. Nick Nick knows something about it, but just for for the people listening, um, about the mission and and about your mission to change the way people think about life. Yeah, our ethos is pro life. That's what we do. But we use a very different technique than most other organizations do. Father Spitzer had this idea that the real problem with our culture is that people are not thinking about. Um, the most important terms in life, we don't talk about them, we don't learn about them, we just sort of absorb them from the culture, and our culture is very unhealthy. So everybody's definitions, or well, not everybody, but a lot of people's definitions about happiness, love, success, quality of life, um, freedom, personhood, how we view suffering, these are being absorbed from how Hollywood is teaching us, um, you know, politics is teaching us how the media wants us to interpret those terms. And they're very narrow, very shallow, very unsophisticated, very beneath us, beneath human dignity, um, often very animalistic in ways. And this colors how we think like uh, right and wrong, uh, the common good, how we determine what our human rights are. And uh, it naturally leads to abortion because our culture is teaching us that happiness is materialism and physical pleasure, that freedom is freedom from responsibility, that success is being better than anybody else and achieving everything, um, and that love is basically admire me and give me what I want, and uh, if I love you back, I might give you some things too. <laughs> and so, so all, that kind of a definition will lead to the, the person seeing himself as a thing, um, an object, an appliance, uh, certainly not as a dignified child of God made to mirror his image. I know, I definitely, so I have three, oh, sorry, go yeah. ahead. So I was just going to say, I have three... The changes that. Yeah, we, we work to counter that philosophically and change how people view those words. It is, and that, that is so important. I have three teenage daughters, and they bring uh-huh. me things they see on social media, and they're like, Mom, yes. what if kids don't have parents that teach them the truth? Like these yes. kids that have no guidance, and they're just absorbing this, and they think that this is how things really are. And they've even started, like, making little comments where, like, um, they'll be like, well, do you know, like actually anything about biology or do you know like the actual definition of the word love or do you you're throwing these terms around with apps like not understanding what they mean and so it's it's neat to see them out there thinking that they're gonna also make some difference in the world as teenagers and then it's it but it's just extremely scary to think that that is what is informing uh, a lot of the younger generation instead of things like you're putting out there which would you know that that's really exciting that you're doing this work yeah, and it's, it's really depressing to see how these kids fall so easily for it because, in, you know, traditionally college students have been the ones who have risen up the most in, in revolution against, you know, evil, against dictatorship, against, you know, right. you know slavery, against oppression. Right. And these kids now have no idea that they are completely oppressed. And if you need to see it visually, just turn on the TV and watch these protests against the Supreme Court. Um, because these, these kids' signs are so vile and, and devoid of anything beautiful, and they don't even see it. So we need people like your three teenage daughters helping them to see it and to know that you're, you are being co-opted. You are being taken in by something that is, you know, that is so beneath you, and you're missing so much of life. 
Absolutely. Um, if you're just tuning in right now, Nick Medelsky, Melissa Scaccio at the one and only St. James Coffee in Rock and Roll Rochester. We have Camille Pauly on the phone uh, from Healing the Culture, a great uh, pro-life initiative that focuses um, on um, educating and a lot of the uh, the, the more, uh, I guess you say, the, the philosophical roots, rather than just treating the symptom, right, uh, going to the That's heart right. of the matter, which makes a lot of sense, with, especially with the involvement of a great um, thinker and philosopher like Father Robert Spitzer, you know, it makes a lot of sense that he he would laser focus in on that. I'm not, I'm not at all surprised, right, uh, that this <laughs> is his way of contributing to uh, to the pro-life cause. Um, could you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, why you uh, got involved with healing the culture in, in the pro-life movement? Well, when I was in high school, a friend of mine invited me to stand in front of an abortion clinic. He was a Baptist, lived across and we went and we prayed and we sang and we witnessed and it's the first time I ever really saw, you know, abortion quote quote unquote up front. I had known mm. about it, I'd prayed against it, but I'd never really been somewhere like that and it, it it moved me very deeply watching these women go out. We were there for hours and then you see them go into the clinic pregnant and come out and they were they were broken. And I thought, This mm. is so horrible, I can't believe it's legal. So I knew I was going to do something about it for the rest of my life. And when I met Father Spitzer, I knew exactly how I was going to do it for the rest of my life. (laughs) He basically took me in. I sat there, and he taught me philosophy for about four hours, just gushed out of him and and made it into this beautiful pro-life defense. And I I thought, we have to. I was writing it all all down on paper. It was the first time he'd articulated it kind of in this formal way. And I thought, we got to get this out there. And so he wrote a book, we started a project, and then we built the organization from there. He's just an amazing guy to work for because, he, you know, every day is a new piece of, as you know, if you listen to me, you know, I know your listeners have heard him many times, every day is a new gem that comes out of him. And to capture all of that for the pro-life movement has been such a blessing. Oh, what a gift. Like, I, I just love people yeah. like that. Where every time they speak, uh-huh. it's like I learn. And it's like, oh, I just want to dump your brain into my head. I and just absorb and everything really, you know. I know. And the really cool thing is we've been able to take this philosophy and put it into all kinds of tools for, for little kids and adults. So we can talk about that more later. But it's been really fun to find different ways to teach it. Oh, awesome. And then can you talk a little bit about, like, when people hear the phrase respect for life, a lot of people think it only talk is talking about the unborn. Does it apply to anyone else oh. besides that? Oh, yeah. With the whole philosophy applies to how we treat the elderly, how we take care of people with terminal illnesses, how we view the dignity and worth of people with disabilities, how we, you know, our responsibility towards poor, towards those who are marginalized. All of these principles that we teach apply to our approach especially in the Catholic faith, our approach to um, people who are vulnerable uh, and weak. And so it's, it's not just the unborn. And as a matter of fact, it applies to how we treat the pregnant woman as well and how we approach mm. the man with, you know, with an un- unborn child who is troubled and, and in pain and, and worried about it. And you know, that, in some ways, is our biggest target, are these men and women who you know, look at the pregnancy as if it's a problem to be dealt with in the first place instead of seeing it as an opportunity. And uh, so our, our approach is very much geared also towards them. Well, I'm really glad to hear you, you said that the men, too, because that's one of the big arguments you hear is that what about the men, what about the men? So I'm glad that that is something you guys are pursuing as well. Men are always the biggest pro-abortion population percentage-wise um, between men and women. It's men because <laughs> you know, they benefit the most, quote-unquote. Of course, spiritually mm. they don't, but physically they benefit the most um, from right. abortion. So they, they've been the ones most difficult to reach, but so important. 
And just, you know, just men and culture in general. I think they're under such level of attack that it's strengthening men is, is in my opinion, how we are going to save the culture. And that's, I'm yeah, so glad that you're talking uh-huh. about that. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm glad you said that. Um, men have to rise up in, in goodness and virtue because without them, look what happens. <laughs> so you're doing a good We're job off. already, Nick. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for being one of the good ones. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, so I was going to say, you know, I really appreciate that, that uh, you know, as we say in the pro-life world, womb to tomb, um, you know, understanding of pro-life that it's not, you know, just for the unborn child, but everyone around that unborn child. Um, and also that kind of translates into the, the, the work that healing the culture does and that the, the, uh, the educational outreach isn't, uh, just for adults. It isn't just for elementary school, but it's kind of the whole spectrum of ages. Could you talk a little bit about what that was like developing, you know, kind of that broad spectrum of, uh, curricula? Absolutely. This is the most fun part to talk about. Um, if, if your viewers go to healingtheculture.com, they can pretty much get everything that I'm talking about, and it's all, well, most of it is free. It started on a college level, so we have college textbooks and course books. Uh, we also have a college program where we'll come to a university um, for free, and we'll put on a workshop mm. on a Saturday for pro-life college students to learn how to discuss the issues the way we do using philosophy and changing people's hearts not just working with statistics and facts, but really working philosophically. And then we have a program called Respect Life University for adults, and it's got little short five-minute clips, sort of like Prager University, but all pro-life, answering mm. pro-life questions in these short five-minute courses. Then we got a program for high school kids, which is called Principles and Choices. It's a textbook-based curriculum you can use in a home school or in a high school, Catholic high school, Christian high school. And it's also got video and audio and drama pieces that you can use in, in, in little game pieces you can use in a uh, elementary school. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, in a parish setting, in like a religious ah. education setting. Yep. And then we've got Philo and Sophie, which is our kindergarten through third grade program. We'll build uh, fourth through eighth later, but Philo and Sophie is phenomenal. It's kind of like Sesame Street. It's got puppets and songs and mm. actors and animation, and um, it teaches. Pro-life concepts to little kids in little short 12-minute um, kind of like television broadcast episodes. And it's all free. <laughs> well, that is that is so great. No, that is, yeah. That's awesome. Like, um, I'm, I'm involved in, like, our faith formation curriculum at my church, and I'm just thinking in my head, oh, my gosh, we are totally going to use this. Like, that's <laughs> so exciting. Like, a new you know, resource. Yes, and the grown-ups love Philo and Sophie almost more than the kids do. You know, they're singing and laughing and you know, pointing out their favorite characters. And, uh, you know, there's a penguin who's a puppet named Philo, and Sophie is a mermaid, a goofy mermaid, and you got to love that. So it's a lot of fun. Oh, it was awesome. wonderful to produce. We had so much fun in the studio. That's so cool. Well, uh, if you're just tuning in now, we uh, Nick Medelsky, Melissa Scaccio here at St. James Coffee in Rochester speaking with Camille Pauly uh, from Healing the Culture, and we'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a 
a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish, one who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Podelsky, Melissa Scaccio here at the one and only St. James Coffee, the only place to get a Catholic cup of coffee in Minnesota, probably. I yeah, don't know. I think we might be the only Catholic coffee shop in the nation. There are some other Christian nonprofit coffee shops, but not anything specifically Catholic. And I think the mustard seed in Sioux Falls is more of a bookstore that yeah. also has coffee. Yeah, they just offer coffee with their books. Yeah, so it's a whole, you know, it's a it's a philosophical kind of, you know, difference. But we do have an adoration chapel that has Jesus in it. So um, I don't think they have that. <laughs> that that's probably, yeah, I, I would say, yeah. The, the only, yeah. It's it's a it's a wonderful blessing to be able to come in here and, and get a an excellent cup of coffee and spend some time with Jesus and uh, just a wonderful place to be. It's equally awesome to come into work every day and like Jesus is my coworker. Like right, he's like I, I've often thought about putting a name tag on the tabernacle. Just be like be like hello, my name is Jesus. How may I help you? There like, you go. Yeah. What can well, I get you? Yeah. yeah well, you know. Because for people who aren't Catholic, they're like, what's in that box on the wall? And I'm like, something very special. I. I, if I told you, you might think I'm kind of crazy if you don't understand what Catholics believe. But um, Go read John chapter 6 yep, and yep. come back to me. <laughs> and and just we'll let, talk about it. Let me know. But that's our opportunity for evangelization here is yeah. people ask questions and then I can share our faith and hopefully you know, broaden the bridges of understanding between the different denominations and um, uh, get rid of some of the negative Catholic sentiment that is out there. And that's always good. That's always good to do. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we uh, spent the, the first part of the show speaking with Camille Pauly and the uh, 
We still have her on. We were talking about her ministry, uh, Healing the Culture, that she's involved with, along with uh, Father Robert Spitzer. And uh, another reason we have you on the show this morning is there is a women's retreat coming up in Sturgis. Not the motorcycle rally, but something else, right? right. Uh, same place. Same place. Right? I mean, you know. <laughs> same city. Same, same city, at least, right? Um, and uh, a women's retreat coming up Saturday, June 4th. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about the retreat? Yes, the retreat is for women, and it's about women. And it's, it's a critical kind of retreat right now for women to come to you young women and old women, to, to really understand who they are and the treasure that they have to pass on to other women. And it falls in line with our mission at Healing the Culture because a huge reason why our culture is so damaged and so broken is because women have bought into Satan's lie that there is no difference between a man and a woman. And this has been going on for a very long time. It's nothing new right now. This whole transgender thing started way, way decades ago when women bought into this lie that uh, you know, they needed to be just like men in order to be special. They needed to be just like men in order to be important, to be recognized, and to be relevant in culture. And it's a tremendous lie because it breaks down family. It breaks down relationships. It even breaks down countries and relationships between countries. There's a special ethos that women have. I call it the feminine ethos. And they're dominant in it. Men have it too, but it's recessive. It's dominant in women. And when they're trained to crush it, they damage themselves and their families and their relationships with others, and then their marriages get damaged, and it, it's been a, a terrible, just a terrible catastrophe. But the good news is the Catholic Church has the answer in the way it views women. So we're going to learn about that break apart of woman and how to put it back together, and we're going to do it in a really beautiful way that is just, I think it's going to move women very deeply. We'll have time for contemplation and prayer and reflection and meditation and sacrament. And I think women will just fall deeply in love with who they are as feminine. Oh, that's beautiful. Can you share some of, uh, a little bit about the other topics that will be presented at the retreat? And, um, like, why did you pick those specific topics to cover? Sure. So we're going to talk a bit about happiness because that's uh, kind of the root of who we are. <laughs> you know, every woman wants to be happy. And, mm-hmm. and I think we need to start there because it sets the groundwork that's beautiful and, and exciting. And then we're going to move into the, the realm of love. Um, you know, what is true love, because that's, that's just a lost term. But then we're going to focus a bit on suffering, because now we have to figure out, okay, in all this beauty of happiness and love, what do we do with our suffering, and where do we go with it, and what does God want me to do in the midst of it? Every woman has a different form of suffering. We all, you know, we, we experience our suffering in a different way. And so using our feminine gifts and talents and our feminine ethos, how do we move through our suffering into a place of peace and to a place where our suffering actually can be used for the good? So I, I wanted this to be a personal retreat as well as something that women can take out and, and actually work use to heal the culture. But I wanted them to experience those three things in a very deep and real way personally first. You can't heal the culture if you don't first heal yourself and, and work on your own interpretation and understanding of those three most important words, happiness, love, and suffering. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, that's that's something that uh, that isn't isn't clearly defined for a lot of people, right, in the world today. So uh, I absolutely appreciate that, and I'm sure that that really complements and kind of folds back into your work with healing the culture. Could you could you kind of maybe draw that connection out for us? Well, I'll give you one example. When people don't know what love is, especially women, and they don't pass it on to their daughters, 
they, they, you know, you have these young girls who actually think women, love is having somebody admire and want my body. And that whole thing becomes this, you know, this a celebration of the body, which is not a bad thing unless it's divorced from the celebration of your soul. That I'm a, a body with a soul, which dignifies the body. And then the body becomes something sacred and, and good instead of something that's just used for the other. Uh, so, you know, we'll get, we'll get a little bit into that. But, but also the issue of suffering. When people don't understand their suffering and what they're suffering for, they end up solving their problems with things like euthanasia, suicide, uh, abortion, um, destructive stem cell research. That's where this comes from. People are suffering because they're either infertile or they have a baby and they don't know what to do. They're unmarried. Their partner has left them. Their spouse has divorced them. And so they turn to abortion as a, you know, what they would call a necessary evil. The vast majority of women know abortion is wrong, but they would consider it a necessary evil. And so we need to grapple with that term suffering and how through our suffering, our moments of suffering, deprivation, loss, you know, not getting what I want are the times when you can most come alive in love. But people don't see the relationship between those two words. So we're going to work on that. Oh, and that is tough because, yeah, the culture is like suffering is bad, avoid it at all costs. And really, yeah. <laughs> suffering is where all of your for- that's where all of your conversion comes from most of the time. It's just seeing suffering in the correct light is another extremely important thing for people to learn to do. And most people have no mm-hmm. clue that suffering can I'm- be it's redemptive and it, it's it's so it can be the most beautiful thing in your life if you can see it in the right way. Even little children can see this. I have a 12-year-old daughter. When she was 11, she went through terrible obsessive compulsiveness because of what they were doing to our kids with COVID and the masks and the dirt and all that. And she was just, she was almost catatonic. She was so scared of germs and dirt. And she Mm. went through this terrible suffering. And one day she said, Mommy, why am I going through this? I don't even know why I'm doing this. She just wept. She wept like an adult, grieving over a lost loved one, you know. And now she's through it and she sees we can act because we guided her through that suffering and she knew what real love was. She sees what it was for. It helped her to be more compassionate to the people around her who are suffering the same thing. And she sees that. Now, Mommy, I understand what they're going through. And I know what it was like. And I can tell them it's going to get better. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. It, it teaches such <laughs> empathy and compassion. It's just you know, suffering mm-hmm. is so beautiful. Not super fun when it's happening. But, you know, no. if you can if you can just remember, if you get to the other side, there's going to be so much yes. good that comes from it. And even in the moment of suffering, there's good because other people can come to you in compassion and love and you end up being an opportunity for them. So yeah, if, you let, if you let people love you. Yeah. Yes, exactly. There's good in the suffering, too. And anyway, we're going to learn a lot about that. And suffering itself is not a good thing, but our choice for what to do with suffering can be immensely good. I mean, watch the, the movie Les Miserables. And you'll oh, yeah. see the point. In your suffering, great goodness can come out of it. I, I love that movie. My kids just did the play uh, here in Rapid City. There's a Catholic uh, theater called KW Players, and it was just phenomenal how, how they saw, these little kids saw the transformation from the definition of happiness to how love was viewed to what meaning suffering had in it, and it's all in there in that story. Just a great way with your teens to help them see that connection. Oh. Well, uh, can you let the listeners know um, how they can find out more about the upcoming retreat? Yeah, I'm going to let you do that because I actually not. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's right in front of so, Nick. Sorry, I forgot. So, so I, it, it's live radio, folks. You know, and stuff happens. happens right? yeah. um, so anyway, uh, the retreat will be at St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Sturgis, uh, South Dakota. 
And uh, you can find out more information. Probably, I'll give out the website, the phone number. Probably the easiest way is just to go to the Google machine and type in uh, St. Francis Sturgis. It'll bring up the parish website, and you can find more information there. Um, you can also, uh, I'll give you the website for St. Francis Church. It's really long. That's why I say Google might be the best way. It's uh, St. Francis Catholic Church, one word, saint is all spelled out, dot we connect. Again, one word. And that's where you can uh, find the parish website for St. Francis there in Sturgis. And then you can click on the um, under faith formation is adult uh, faith enrichment. And you can find uh, the registration form there. They also have a nifty little uh, banner that goes by that has it on there too. So uh, either way, you can find out information that way. If you'd prefer to call over the phone, I'm sure the uh, parish office would be happy to help you out, get you registered. 605-720-3579. I'll say it one more time because sometimes I talk fast. Just came off pledge drive last week. We gave out the same phone number five million times. So, you know, um, numbers lost all meaning there <laughs> for a bit. You know, <laughs> you just kind of say them over and over. But uh, 605 605- Seven two zero three five seven nine, and it's a uh, it's a day. Um, it's from nine a.m. to four thirty p.m. Lunch is included with the registration fee, which is uh, ten dollars. Again, Saturday, June fourth, at uh, St. Francis of Assisi in Sturgis. Um, we're coming up. We have probably about two minutes left here. Uh, any final thoughts? Actually, one minute. <laughs> any final thoughts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess my most important final thought would be to to women, but also to men, be holy in this time of great trouble. Work on your holiness. It's more important than anything. You know, we get trapped by all of the news, and we're constantly on our phones and on, you know, watching the news sites and Twitter and Facebook. And I would say, put it down, rest, and work on holiness. I, You know, we always say in my family, I'm happy, I'm healthy, but I'm working on holy. (laughs) And that's where we need to be focused right now in this crazy culture. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, uh, Camille. After the break, we're going to be uh, talking about an exciting fishing tournament. It's one of the first things I remember hearing about on Real Presence Radio uh, last year when I came on board. Uh, I got hired in, uh, kind of hired in May, didn't start till June. That's another story for another day. Uh, but one of the first interviews I remember hearing was about this amazing fishing tournament they have in western South Dakota to support vocations and what, what more fitting way to support vocations than that, right? Jesus came to the apostles and said, I'll make you fishers of men, and now uh, uh, men are fishing to, and women and children, uh, fishing <laughs> to support vocations. So uh, it kind of comes full circle. So we'll talk more about the break after that. Nick Medelsky, Melissa Scaccio at St. James Coffee in Rock and Roll Rochester. If you'd like to stop by and say hi, I have uh, pens, bumper stickers, all kinds of fun things, and just love to see your happy, smiling face. So stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 